we have a very special program to do. We're going to give you the, the news from, from the Ukraine, how it really is. Big news with Dan Gilbert and the moves he's making. I'm not shitting on Mr. Gilbert. I can't shit 88 floors into the sky. I live on the ground. But it's news you need and you're not getting. Governor's gaslighting us again. And she wouldn't win, re- want, win re-election if it wasn't for all the Lilliputians running against her. What a, what a met. We got to bring you that news. But in the spirit of COVID, in the spirit of the Easter holiday, whether you're a Christian, a Muslim, a Jew, a Hindu, an atheist, an agnostic, I want you to listen to these people. Brother and sister Marsha and Harry Bell from the St. Peter's Church of Holiness on Linwood in Detroit. COVID got us all. And the thing that binds us is each other. The meaning of life is each other. And we haven't had each other. And it's especially devastating these two beautiful people, two very good friends of mine that I lean on for guidance and community. And they're losing theirs because COVID killed the choir. They have not much in temporal wealth. They're petty poor. But they're spiritually rich and they're hurting and they have something to tell you. There is none like you. I'm Deacon Harry Bell of St. Peter's Holiness Church of Jesus Christ. No one else can touch my heart like you do. I'm Deaconess Marcia Bell. I can search throughout eternity and Lord, I'll find there is none like you. You're telling me like COVID, like people changed. What's happened? It put a lot of fear and anger in people's. Even though this world is so rich and wealthy, just the pressure that one another has to bear trying to survive out here. It's just just like with this covert thing, everything has raised, murdering has raised, uh, robbing has raised, stealing. There's just so much going on. We, we don't know how to respect one another. Look at the Democrats and the Republicans. They can't come together on nothing. It's, it's all about how I feel. It's not about the poor peoples or the peoples who even put you in office. You don't even care about what they think or how they live. You just care about what you getting out of this, the next election. COVID has killed the church. A lot of churches has closed down. It's shaken. The church is gonna be shaken. And it has been shaken. Like I said, never would have thought growing up into church that I thought that the doors of the church would be closed by anybody. You know, church and state is supposed to be separate. You still shouldn't have been able to close the church doors. But when they was closed from 2019 to 2022, a lot of doors haven't even been opened back up. 
a lot of people have lost their faith. It's a scripture that said, fail not to assemble yourselves. Meaning you gotta come, you gotta be a part of this. You gotta be a part of this family, this family of going to church, this family of pressing, helping you go through it, change your mindset of the world. Is, is the church open now? Yes, it's open. But a lot of the people still haven't came back. Their fear, you know, their life is on the line. It's good if they catch this virus, they're going to give it to somebody else or lose their life. So a lot of the congregation's gone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you got married there almost mm -hmm. 30 years yeah. ago. Mm -hmm. You raised children there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Funerals there, mm -hmm. graduations, mm -hmm. baptisms, mm -hmm. and they're gone? Mm -hmm. Now, I came up in a time where it was church on Sunday. When you brought came to Sunday school, you stayed all the way till midnight almost. And now we have one service, and it's over like, bam, man. What happened to your choir? Right. That right. church and that choir makes you rich. Right. Mm -hmm. Do you feel a little impoverished? There's something missing. It is. You know, you know when you, you, you've been in church all your life and you're looking forward to pulling on that robe because you know we're going to be together. We're going to sing together. We're going to worship God. We're going to feel the anointing come in, you know. And the anointing is there, you know, because you bring it with you. But the choir, you know, people be saying, you know, your choir going to come back. Your choir going to come back. And I'm like, those they are gone. And I guess you say it's like a grievance. You know, you're there, but you're, it's like your brother and your sisters are not there with you anymore. You know, you need that hug. You need that love, you know. You need to sit up that affection, you know. And when it's not there, you know, you can see somebody crying in church and they're going through, and you want to just go over there and hug them. But, you know, it's like, it's like, mm-mm, no, mm -mm, no, mm-mm. Well, you've been through so much, you know, with one another. And now you just, you don't even see one another no more. It's just a hurting, you know. And you can't fault nobody because everybody had a life and their choices. But it's just, we longed for one another. We needed that. We was raised up like that as brothers and sisters. We fought together. We lost loved ones together. We went to funerals together. My mother passed away. The church supported me. They came to my house. They, we had dinner and stuff. And it's just, all of that is like gone now. Is there a message, some uplift, a reminder, a complaint, uh, a correction you want people to think about? Is there something? I mean, how do you turn your back on God and you need him? You believe in him. He's, he's the higher power. How do you just not love him no more? He's still taking care of us. We need love. We need to go back to the old beliefs. We need to learn how to respect one another again and trust in God. Change our mindsets.
of us trying to get ahead in life and just live. Just live every day as though it was our last. Because we don't know when the end going to come. There is none I'll find. There is none like you. Just did breaking news. No more bullshit. No more bullshit. No bullshit. Stick together. That's that's brother Harry Bell. That's Harry. I know Harry so long. I one time about a decade ago. Harry kept calling the city. Please take the dead sycamore. Take the dead sycamore out of my front yard. And the government doesn't listen to him. Please take the dead sycamore out of my front yard. I got babies. The city doesn't listen to him. And a big storm came. And the sycamore snapped. And it crushed the hood, the, the roof of his rattletrap Cadillac. Smushed it. So he made his living. Drive people around before Uber. He sold candy out of the trunk. They're poor. Yeah. Poor of penny, but not of spirit. They're not a candy store for a kid in their neighborhood. That's around Linwood or Davidson. Very rough. The cops don't even stop for the lights. We've had a cop on the program said as much. And they raised four beautiful children. And Harry got a dead sycamore on his roof of his car. It's smashed. Does he curse? Does he cuss? Does he declare war on City Hall? It's a week later, the fucking tree's still on his car. You know what Harry said to me? He said, praise be to God, praise the Lord. It still runs. <laughs> yeah. You know, Harry. That he wasn't in it, right? It still runs, and he wasn't in it. Yeah, he's rich today. If, if before I haven't, I haven't laid hands on them, and they haven't on me in, in two years, and it was real good. It's a reminder. We got to be together. We are the human family. And I just thought we should we should bring real people to you. That that everything that we're to talk about is about us. Right? Not about Wall Street. Not about the Republicans or the Democrats or Biden or Putin or the Ukraine. It's about us. This program is dedicated to you all. To your family. And whatever way you may worship, if it's any way at all. It was a real pleasure to do that story. It was. Yeah. Spent a lot of time on that just because I wanted it to be right. This is Byron Goggin. He's our director of photography. He's uh, world-renowned. Another guy who went off and made a fortune and made a name and made the deadliest catch and ice truckers and director of photography of uh, National Geographic, if I'm not 
mistaken. Is that? You know what? All those shows are cool and everything, but I'd much rather do that story right there. Yeah, me too. Huh? Says everything. I mean, that's that's what we're trying to do, Karen. Like, no no fear, no favor. It's for all of us. Things we got to know that we're not being told. It's, it's the human interest side, Charlie. I mean, as much as we have tried to adapt to not connect to each other, I mean, we are interdependent. We need each other to a certain degree. We need to touch each other. We need to see each other. We need to respond to each other's needs. So it's the human interest side that... Um, that, that touches us all. Go visit that old friend. Can you visit us too, Karen? I want to see you in person. I don't have any friends. We're your friends. <laughs> Except We're Charlie, your family. Here's my note. I'm happy to be your friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm coming back when I can walk. I know. I know. I know. I'm coming back. Speaking, I am. Speaking of friends, uh, No Bullshit News Hour is brought to you by American Coney Island. Fat Tuesday this Tuesday. Fat Tuesday was this. It's every Tuesday for me. <laughs> In the spirit of the Lenten season, many Christian denominations do is they get rid of the fats, the sugars, uh, the lards. Uh, and then for 40 days, they try to focus on the higher meaning, uh, the passion, the resurrection. So in celebration of that, this Tuesday at American Coney Island, at American La uh, American Coney Island, at Lafayette, Michigan Avenue, is the Punchki Coney Dog. That's a Polish pastry with all the fixing, the proprietary dog, the Vidalia onions, the mustard. It's sweet and sour. It's delicious. They're, look, Mark is stuffing his freaking face. I love it, Mark. And what then, does it taste like? What I do best. I mean, that, that's a lot of different taste. What does it taste like, Mark? Well, maybe Mark's not the person to ask. <laughs> It's delicious. Sweet and okay. sour, savory, yeah. mm, right? It's good. Not not as heavy as you'd think. Eh, treat yourself. Come on down, Michigan Lafayette. It's worth uh, trying. And also, starting next Friday for Lent is the delicious fish sandwich. That's Pacific Pollock, the finest. You know all about Pacific Pollock, don't you? I know a little bit about it. Yeah. And you don't know how people... Because I used to work in Alaska on the, on the boats and in the canneries. How they... That crabbing out there in the Bering Sea is nuts. People die out there. Yeah. Yeah. They do it so fucked up. It's like, okay, we've got a window. You're allowed to fish for 48 hours and then you got to stop. Right? So it could mm. be it could be a gale. It's a race, isn't it? Freaking hurricane yeah. out there and you've got 48 hours. Well, there's a lot more to it than that, but yeah. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. Yeah. It's dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> I lived in a treehouse. What haven't you done? My God, it's... That, that's what I was going to say. What I, haven't I you it. done, Charlie? That's what made me think about it originally, because you were telling us all about your tra travels through Ukraine. Let, and let me tell you what's going on in the UK. we got to quickly touch on it, and then we're going to move along to the governor, to the presumptive frontrunner, James Craig, uh, and Dan Gilbert's big refi, which should concern you. It should We're going we're gonna to tell you how to think about this. Uh, but... Before we do that, we also want you to know that uh, the No Bullshit News Hour is brought to you by ADR. Pretty simple. ADR consultants are the ones that uh, you call when you need to get something done right on time and on budget. If you're an investor that can't get straight answers about whether your assets are properly registered or repaired or managed, you call ADR to help with that. 
Do you have issues with city zoning or certification issues? Have the ADR worked that out for you? Are you trying to get something remodeled and need permits? Variances, help navigating city halls, red tape. You call ADR, save money, get it done right on time, on budget, construction, deconstruction, demolition, rehab, project management, owner rep services, technology deployments. Get it done the way it should be done without excuses. Ethical, honest, smart, and discreet. Call Barry Ellentuck for a free consultation at 248-318-9424. Let me do it again. 248-318-9424. Mention NBN and tell them you need someone to fix your shit. Mm-hmm. All right. Here's what's going on in the Ukraine. Now, it's just not empty head in me. I've been to Russia. I've been to the Ukraine. I've been to Poland. Я не знаю ничего. Я глупый, да? Правда? По я изучаю политики и историю. I study a little history and politics. I call my people in London working on the financial desk for the big houses. I call New York, same thing. I call Washington. I worked a lot here. Here's what I'm seeing. The Ukraine now belongs to Putin. That's it. Yeah, no one's That's no one's going to go fight. No one's going to go fight, and yeah. the West doesn't even care. Remember what you're seeing. You're hearing about sanctions. The banks are going to freeze assets, but the Swiss have not. The Swiss mm-hmm. are neutral. Mm-hmm. Everything throws, flows through Switzerland. Also, there's something called SWIFT, Okay. What SWIFT is, is basically an international banking transaction platform. It's how your ATM works when you go to Paris, yeah. right? That ATM wires over to your bank. It's coming. It's a communication. That's not shut off. Yeah. The reason we, we that's- We can't do that. Yeah. They, Unilaterally, what? the United States cannot do that. No, that's right. Europe doesn't want it. Germany doesn't want it. Because here's what's really going on. Look, first of all, with SWIFT, Iran- we, we, we stopped them. That's why Obama had to fly in pallets of money to yeah. get the nuclear deal done because we couldn't transfer the money. North Korea, we did it to. But we're not doing it to the Russians. The Russians and the Ukrainians, the Russians have been invading Ukraine since the Cossacks, yeah. since Ivan the Terrible, since the first Tsar, since before. It's their satellite area. Now, 50, about 40, 50% of Europe's Natural gas, the way they keep warm, comes from Russia. It's the winter. There are no sanctions on gas and oil. Okay? About, I didn't look it up, folks, but I know a little bit about the, I'm, I'm going to say about 25% of the world's entire wheat, your pasta, your bread, your, your being is grown in Russia and the Ukraine. Russia's the third largest producer of crude oil in the entire world. If you think inflation's bad now, shut it all down. They're not going to shut it down. What did Europe do? Because you let a 16-year-old high school Swedish student run your energy policy, here's what you have. Germany shut down, I think it's something like three of its six nuclear reactors just last year. About half the coal plants that create electricity in Europe, because they want to get green like right now, have been closed over the last decade. 
They're going to freeze if you actually do these sanctions. Putin knows it. This is the 100-year anniversary of the founding of the Soviet Union. The principal territories in that original document, again, I don't have anything here, but I do believe it was Russia, the Ukraine, the Caucasus states, and the Baltic states. That was the original Soviet Union. Everybody knows what Putin's about, mm -hmm. right? The, the biggest cataclysm to strike the globe in the 20th century, he said, was, was not Hiroshima, was not Nagasaki, was not the Spanish flu, was not the Great Depression. It was the dissolution Breakup. of the Soviet Union. He'd been making these moves for years now when Obama was in the Crimea, mm -hmm. right? He was coming. We knew it. There's nothing we're going to do. Georgia, too, before that, yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Hell, yeah. Chechnya. And, and they invaded, if I'm not mistaken, they invaded Georgia just a few weeks after the euro, the, the currency was launched. No, wait, yeah. Well, no, before that, yeah. But then, hmm. During the Balkan Wars. Okay. Isn't that correct? Well, I'll tell you something about, yes. the, I'll tell you something about the euro. Remember, the former Yugoslavia was at war, the Bosnian sure. War. yeah. And we, Clinton comes in and bombs it. Why? Because now you have an, an international currency. You can't have war in Europe. So there's not going to be, there is war in Europe, but they're, they're taking it. The, the consequence is this. My friends in Poland, I know you listen. I asked you three years ago, you all seem like you're afraid of war. Are you afraid of war with the Germans who've done you wrong? The Russians who've perpetually done you wrong? Or yourselves? Like us in America. We're at war with ourselves. Are we at war with the Now, the Russians border NATO countries, Poland. Yeah. Now it got closer. Which they didn't want, but they did it. And I submit to you, we talked a lot about Afghanistan on this program. That despicable, non-thought-out Ivy League exit em emboldened this man. So the question now looking forward... Because I'm sure we're going to talk about the Ukraine on cable. You all got cable. I don't got cable. Right? <laughs> it's good for media. What happens to Taiwan? Well, and there you go. So how, how do you stop this from happening over again? Look, I, mean, I have the answer. No, but I, that, I mean, isn't that the big question? Is well, maybe you, you should have negotiated with Putin in the beginning, like, because it's written well, into the Ukrainian constitution because of Angela Merkel in Germany wanting it to be written into their new constitution that someday you will we'll join, join NATO. NATO. Yeah. No, 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 no. The, as, as Russia goes, Ukraine goes. You got to know that. And, and you got to have been around the world. Again, look at these dopes. The This is probably the most educated administration in the history of the United States. And you're so weak. You got to hang. You got to hang with Harry Bell. You have to hang with Vladimir Zorin. You, you have to hang to know how the world works. They're, it's theirs. So don't trifle yourself. What Biden's really afraid of and why he's not pushing Europe is because inflation's at a 40-year high. It's about ready to go to an all-time high. Yeah. That's the consequence. And we in America, well, we have, we're worried, right? Like yeah, Some people are Like, are as scared. we speak... There are air raid sirens going off in Kiev. Now that everybody's calling it Kiev. I know. Kiev. <laughs> yeah. Kiev. 
Okay. I don't know when that changed, but yeah. Okay, yeah, just like uh, Qatar is now Qatar. Like, yeah, 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 everybody's all smart. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but let's let's play a little clip there. The, the air raid sirens going off. Just just fresh from CNN, right? Yeah, CNN's coverage of uh, you know because war is good for the media. It's going to get eyeballs. It's horrible to cover war, man. Believe me, but it does get eyeballs. So let's let's show you the deep concern. What's being now projected into your homes, America? Get ready, strap this on. So they're playing the air raid sirens watching you can see from the rooftops oh Applebee's I mean such concern how are you that unaware of what you're doing to where you switch from horrific air raid sirens in Kiev to an Applebee's commercial of a dancing cowboy in music they ran side by side I don't I don't get the tone deafness of that Maybe they got you guys working for him. Oh, that's probably Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. You know, you get what you pay for. Yeah, you know. That's because somebody's paying attention to anything, Charlie. I mean, people don't care or get the connectivity or ca- they just don't care. I mean, the people that are doing traffic for them are looking at commercial placements. They're looking at and they're not thinking, does this make sense? I mean, if you sit can watch television anytime. You can see a whole lot of things that just don't make sense. That one just happened to be very drastic, and, yeah. and it's a comparison. That's a good point. Well, no, I mean, to be fair, it, uh, want a beer, Mark? You, you, you look like you need Do you have anything stiffer? <laughs> yeah, I got something stiff for you. You're about ready to get it. Oh, huh? I already had my share of wieners today. <laughs> but, no, but look, there are, get ready for that one, okay? Mm-hmm. There are Americans that are deeply concerned. I, I want to play this from The View. I mean, this is... And can we do that? Or yes, we can. I, I'm fully confident. Okay. Knock on wood. Okay, so <laughs> they, I think they put it in perspective here. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, I'm scared of what's going to happen in, in Western Europe, too. Yeah. You know, you just you plan a trip. You want to go there. I want to go to Italy for four years. I haven't been able to make it because of of uh, the pandemic. And now this, you know, it's, yeah. it's like, who's going to, what's going to happen there? Yeah. Who fucking who? My vacation. How... <laughs> I don't know. That's the disconnect. It's just totally out of touch. Is it time to cancel that show? Yes, it has been. It has been time to cancel that show. Freaking embarrassment! I'm amazed at how much attention that show gets. Because I don't. We're talking about it. Yeah, well, because they're idiots. Well, but it gets some ratings. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. So some people are scared. All right. Let's listen. Okay. So listen. The Ukraine belongs to Putin. He's not going anywhere. Europe needs. Needs its money. It needs to buy that gas. I don't even think the sanctions go into place until next month. So mm-hmm. you'll see some bullshit, some saber rattling, some UN resolutions, and then it'll get cold again in Europe in about ten months, and Putin will still be there. Yeah. Right? yeah. And, we'll, and we'll be paying out of the wazoo for everything from here on out. Now, if you if you put international sanctions for real on Russia. And people violate them. You hit them with sanctions, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. One of the biggest trading partners in oil, there's now a pipeline between Russia and China, right? We do not want to cut Russia off from the international monetary system because maybe Russia and China create a monetary block, cryptocurrency, what have you. Yeah. If China violates sanctions that aren't there right now, if they violate them, they're in violation of the sanctions. Would we sanction China? No. No, we cut our own head off. No. We, and it, then that would clean up the ports in L.A. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of been our labor force for a few decades, hasn't it? Do you see what the oligarchs have done to us? Mm-hmm. Here's what I would do. 
like the Chinese with their 100-year plan. We need a 20-year plan to rebuild ourselves. We need our chip manufacturing back. We need, our, we need manufacturing back. Period, yeah. We need jobs back. We need to get the currency under control. But it's not about that. It's all about living for today, right? Isn't that what it's all about? Is every decision really based on today? The politician, like Harry was saying, all they care about is today so they can be there for the next election cycle. Yeah, and who, and who owns them? Huh. The ultra-rich, right? They make moves, and I'm going, to, I'm going to tell you how the moves are being made now. The, the, the most important story going on in Detroit that you didn't hear, this is important. Okay, but first I'm going to tell you that it is brought to you by David Hall Mortgages, right? Get started today at 866-CALL-HALL or chat with them online at callhallfirst.com. I don't know what to tell you, folks. I, I, I've been telling you interest rates are going up, right? Housing stocks getting tight. Markets up and down. Get some equity out of the house. Get some cash. You're going to need cash. You see what food prices are doing. Or you might want to rebuild that kitchen. I, I don't know what's going to happen to metals. I don't know what's going to happen in, in the Ukraine and Russia. Now's the time. They're, they're going up. The Fed's, are, the Fed's making moves, right? Yep. How many times I got to tell you? Call them now. And by the way, like the housing stock's tight, so there's a lot of competition. You want to get out of the city. You're looking for room. You're having a family. You got to have the financing in place. Hall will get it done in eight days. Right? <laughs> That's great, yeah. Eight days. Yeah. Eight days. That's why 5,000 five-star reviews. That's 25,000 stars. Ooh. That's good math. Thank you. Impressed. Yeah, you're you gloopy. <laughs> Yet? <laughs> it's the only Russian word I know. Yeah, I, yeah, I went to Russia before. It was, it was pretty cool, man. It's fascinating. It's great. What haven't you done, Charlie? Uh... Produced a clean show. In quite I, mean, a I so knew that was coming. Show you right now. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that, uh, that was something, man. I won't get into it. Okay, so uh, do we have Luke on? Yes, he is. Let, let, let's bring on. Uh, bring up the music. You all know our good friend Luke Nowacki. I I praise Luke's financial mind. He can help you make sense of this senseless time. You've worked hard. Right now, you're just trying not to lose what you earn. Is that right, bro? That's correct. Right now, you're trying to sit tight. Don't guess. Yeah. We call Luke. So I wanted Luke to come on because, I, hey, Luke, I, I wanted to talk to you about a couple things here, bro, okay? You there? All right, Charlie, what we got? How's your dad? How you doing? How's your dad? Not good, man. Uh, not good. Oh. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I don't want to dump on you guys, especially on the podcast. Get the, I, and this has been a eye-opening experience with our healthcare system, which is bizarre. So they tell us yesterday he's got to be out by Tuesday. How's that? What? You mean your old man who's like kind of paralyzed and? Yep. They put him in a ner what? Why? Yep. Discharged by Tuesday. Well, because he's uh, not improving anymore, so they want him out. So yeah. like, take him home and let him die. Is that what you're saying? That's, uh, it sounds like that's what they're saying to me. I, I'm like, well, he's not leaving on Tuesday. I go, we got to, we need some time to figure something out here. I, I, again, this is a conversation. We're it's, not o it's, o it's okay, man, because if you want to yeah. be public about it, we all want to hear it because I, yeah. I think we've gotten a window into how our elders are getting treated through this pandemic. Um, is your father's 
care being paid for in any way by any federal money, uh, Medicare? Medicare right now. Okay, yep. so that's only for a limited time. Right. That's why, they're, so that's that, why they're booting him. There you go. Unless you and want, I, bet, I bet you if you said, uh, yeah. out, of, out of my pocket, I'll pay it, they'd let him stay. That's Luke, what we're you, telling. That's why I told them. Luke, see if hold you can. Hold on, Karen. Hold on, Karen. And you, that's what yeah. you told them. What they say, Luke? They're like, oh no, he's he's discharged on Tuesday, so he's not discharged on Tuesday. So I might not have a job on Wednesday. I might be arrested. I told him I'll be sitting here with a forty-five and a big pile of ammo. You're not taking my dad out. So, okay, that's now where listen. We're at right now. Yeah, now listen. You know you're live and everything. Look, I know. I I know you're frustrated. You don't really mean that, brother. Right. No. Okay, good, good. It's good. not going to happen. Do it again. Say, we're gonna go, say no, we're I'm, going to. I'm just being hyperbolic. Just do it for me, bro. I'm doing this because this conversation happened probably six minutes ago, so okay. I'm still pretty jacked up about it. You calm down. But yeah, you, I'm... Uh, come uh, see me at we'll night be, before we'll you be go private home. Pace. Uh, no, I'm, I'm going to be hanging here uh, with my mom tonight. Okay. But we'll we'll figure it out. I'll see you next week sometime. Okay. Because I got, I, got I got a story that you will not believe. Okay. Now calm down. <laughs> calm down. Good, good stuff. You're not going to do... No, I'm sorry, Karen. I interrupted you, but I wanted to make sure like, we're taking no, care of our That's family. okay. And I apologize. I was just thinking because I've just had this conversation. You know, my brother has ALS. I mean, he's a veteran. He's a former police ah. chief. Um, whole, same same thing. I mean, exact same thing. And the, his wife just found out that you could file an appeal because they want to transfer him back to a facility where he had gotten an infection and a bed sore and the whole nine yards. And it's like, well, why, you know, are the feds paying for a facility that they know is giving them substandard care, but they're saying, okay, well, we don't know and we don't care, but you've got to leave from here. That's everywhere. And, and people don't realize it until they, with their family members are in that situation. And it's ridiculous. It's crazy. So I'm sorry, Luke. Um, I, I know yeah. exactly what you're going through. Yeah. And, and we were kind of preparing for it because I mean, we already took my parents home and modified it to make it a little bit handicap accessible, you know, and, and we did took those steps over the last couple of months while it's all going on. But to have them say, yeah, you're, you're, uh, you're landing, your time strip is four days. That's insane. Give us a couple of weeks. Give us some time to, you know, put some care in place because obviously my 80 year old mom can't take care of them. Right. So, okay. yeah. All right. So yeah. ladies and gentlemen, that's what we're dealing with. That's what we want fixed. That's why we should be together. That's why GM shouldn't get a billion dollars for a battery plant. I need that for the nursing homes. Mm. I need that. I need to prioritize things. This is why the world's angry. Yep. This is why the world cannot stick up to bullies. I need you to keep me warm. We need to do better. We need to do fucking better. Praise be to God. God, Amen. God commanded me to be his warrior. God told me to fight for each other. The Lord said, you will give succor to the weak and the helpless, that the warrior shall feed the needy, or something like that. Preach. <laughs> but that is what the Lord said. It is a tremendous philosophy, yeah. the first of its kind, that you care of others. We're not doing it. We're lost. Now, Luke, let's talk yes, money. That's Amen. Why, that's why we're lost. Dan Gilbert. Yes, sir. Of Rocket Companies. Yeah. Man, that, yep. th that shit's tanking. But Gilbert's buildings downtown, folks, are in an umbrella called Bedrock. Okay? It's a, it's a private LLC. Right? Right? 
That's correct. Okay. Yep. Here's what happened. This coming out of Cranes. Thank God Cranes reported it. I completely disagree with their analysis of it, but this is what they report. Dan Gilbert took out a loan. He's refinancing his skyscrapers. Okay. Trying to, you know, get a good number in order. I told you to refi. Mm -hmm. I told you to call. He got $330 million in debt. He borrowed about $430. I'm just going to round off, sure. right? $330 million in debt he's refinancing. But he borrowed $430 million. Okay. It's called equity. He's pocketing $100 mil. He put $100 mil in. Right, Luke? That's correct. As collateral, he put up his building in his parking garages that are supposedly valued at about $730 million. So $730 million in collateral to get $430 million, $100 million in his pocket, and refi $330 million. Get it? Gotcha. Yes. How do you read that, Luke? What's he doing? Well... Just trying to guess at it, I would say he might be thinking. Did, first of all, first off, did Amrock, which is his appraisal company, did they, are they the ones that value the building? It's a great question. Because, it, well, it, it's a great question. It's a funny question. It doesn't matter. You're going into the weeds. Well, let's start if, with if, if you, what if, this says. We're doing, why? Why is he pocketing a hundred million? That's my big question. Look, like a billionaire is it's cash out, like like refinancing your house and cashing out. He, he gives you, can, you can refinance and put up that collateral for debt, and then you're pulling this this big uh, commercial mortgage-backed security mortgage, which is gargantuan, and uh, he's taking the difference and putting it in his pocket. And he will that will actually go to that will be a uh, asset of bedrock. But I mean, he, he's he's a smart man. He can find a way to legally funnel that away from bedrock and to another entity, and now it's not bedrocks anymore. So then. All that bedrock has are these properties. So, if uh, in the what was it? What did we figure out, Charlie? It's fifty-eight percent between leases to. Uh, Here, let me let mortgage. me be clear. You're stumbling. Sixty percent of 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 the leases, okay. right, are his own okay. companies, which okay. makes it Leasing a riskier okay. loan. Gotcha. Yep. So here's what's going on. The guy needs a cushion. Either he's cashing out his building, or he needs cash. For, uh, remember the skyscraper? Yeah. That doesn't yeah. have tenants or a hotel anchor, and it's just mm -hmm. sitting there? What this should tell you, Detroit, now Cranes writes this, let me see. The timing and amount of the loan speak to the confidence that the lenders, J.P. Morgan Chase and Starwood Mortgage Capital have. It demonstrates the strength and belief by national lenders um, and investors in Detroit's commercial real estate market. But does it? <laughs> it let sound me, like let it. me tell you. Okay. I'm not going to tell you who it was. But the people that put these downtown deals together, the people that are putting deals together in Arizona and California and New York and London, I talked to so many people, including Luke. This is a pop goes the weasel to me. This mm -hmm. is like, why wouldn't you sell the buildings? Mm -hmm. If you sold the buildings, yep. you create a panic. If you actually mm -hmm. try to sell the buildings and you can't sell them, it tells you the real value because the way real estate works there you go. is you get to keep the value of the building constant. Like yep. that's how Trump's yeah. in trouble. He's overinflating the value of it, right? You can call yeah. it that forever. Number two, I don't know if you all know this out there, in commercial real estate, you can, um, what, what's it called when you uh, depreciate? Yeah, depreciate. You can yep. depreciate the, the value of your building. Like let's, 
round it off and say 10% a year. If it's a billion dollar building, you can claim $100 million in depreciation on your taxes. And I think the best example um, in the last five years has been Trump. Remember, his whole tax thing came out, and it's like, we didn't pay any taxes because he took that right off. Because it's legal. Exactly. It's totally legal. So yeah. the funny thing about big boy buildings and stuff is it could double in value, and you're allowed on your tax note to say to, it's going down it. in value. And now you're pulling so a huge loan. So what is the point here, Luke? We're talking about Karen and Charlie and Byron and everybody out there. Does this signal to you that it, it's strong downtown, that it's, it's, you should go in there now and start buying a property? I don't believe so. No, I think it's uh, he's uh, taking as much as he could out of those properties. This is uh, just how I'm looking, reading the outside observer personal, uh, not uh, indicative of my business or anything like that. Absolutely. I'm looking at it as him pulling as much cash as he can out of his building, and then if he needs to walk away from that building at some point in the future, if I if he thought the real estate market was going to collapse and that building is worth a fraction of what he's uh, getting out of it, and he could somehow funnel all those assets away from Bedrock and then fold Bedrock. Bedrock folds. Here you go. Here's your building. Oh. He's he's gone. He walks away with everything, right? Yeah. Um, that now he it could be completely altruistic, and he could be just doing you know a Dan Gilbert thing. He's pulling money out to do something else downtown. Yeah, blah right. blah blah. I don't know, but everything he's doing is legal. It's ugly, oh, but I mean, uh, yeah, it's completely legal. As I said, I'm not shitting on a guy. I can't shit 88 no. floors in the sky. All I'm doing is looking. I saw up, you try. I'm, I, I I've tried. Believe me, I have. It didn't work. <laughs> the proper 12. When we, you and me split a fifth of proper 12, you're trying to shut up hell. So I, I, I'm looking at it like the Harry Bells of the world. Like, I, I care about you, and I'm going to stand up, and I, I care. I mean, you've been involved in the city a long time. I, I, how do you read that? Well, I mean, Charlie, and, you know, I had a conversation with somebody within that organization that said there's a lot of shell game activity going on. I mean, as we said, what he's doing is legal. It's business. Sure. People don't make that kind of money um, by not knowing what to do or how to do, how to take advantage of things. I mean, you remember he wouldn't change the brownfield credits. You know, he went to Lansing and changed that legislation for his benefit. So but what does it mean for the city of Detroit? To me, it's a reflection of the fragility that exists that, you know, we're looking at everything and saying, oh, it's bright and pretty, but we're not looking at all the buildings that are closed. I mean, the businesses that are closing down there. I mean, we're going to have a shell of a downtown as we've had for decades. Nothing has really changed. People don't want to hear that, but that's the reality. And and we're funding it. <laughs> Doesn't it really spotlight yeah. how... Um much he has down there if one little move he can, owns everything I down know, there mark that's not a very diverse downtown oh. Oh, if he can make if he can make a refinancing loan to you know and maybe not spook people to stay away from their investments out there i mean that that's not a good thing that it is not well diversified in ownership downtown and everybody knows in the world we have luke right here hey luke we know that the most troubled asset in the United States right now is commercial real estate. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Boom. I mean, yeah. COVID's changed it all. You know, whatever, whatever Gilbert doesn't own, Illich does, right? There's the last yeah. two players of Monopoly. Yep. Now, talking to a player, and I'm not going to give up my sources, but I do work hard for you folks. Talking to a player that was putting these deals together, right? Like Ford Field, like Comerica, like the hockey arena, like the skyscraper. He said... 
this is not a market economy. This isn't real, right? Like if you look at let's let's take a booming place. We could uh, Chicago, Phoenix. There you go. Yeah. Phoenix. Nothing down there is done with public subsidies. What this was intended for in Detroit was a little bit of seed money, right? To create a business to see if there really was a true market there. And everything after that, once it was proved there was a sustainable market, you come in like a true business person and you risk your money. But every fucking deal has been sucked out of Harry Bell's life (laughs) and yours too. And I've been telling you, and it's here. Like, let me give you an example. And everybody jump in if you want. Remember when we gave Fiat Chrysler a half a billion dollars to redo the factory over there on the east side of Detroit? Yes. And it was going to give us 10,000 jobs? Yes. And Dave Bing laughed at it. He was on the program. It's, it's delivered yeah. half that. It's delivered no jobs. And what did Stellantis, the new uh, umbrella organization that has Fiat and Peugeot, yeah. they, they merged two months later. What was their profit announced this oh, week? Oh, their profit sharing? No, just or, just, or just okay, yeah. Um, Fifteen billion dollars, and everybody's getting some. Remember, I told you, Charlie, and I couldn't remember because I just heard the tail end of it before. And I said, everybody's about to get these crazy checks, so they're looking at profit sharing checks, approximately or in excess of fifteen thousand dollars. Sure, but again, let's go back to Detroit's not getting any of that. Exactly. No, nope, yeah. we're not. And number two, look at how they made the profit. Something like this. Luke, 20% auto sales went down 20% and profit skyrocketed 150%. So how'd they make that profit? They jacked the price up. Exactly. Inflate it. They got us by the balls. You got to charge more for it. So the market will return. The market shall return. It always does. It's upon us. Is it upon us, Luke? Yeah. uh, We're... It might not be done with it yet. We're going to have uh, the supply chain issues have not hit like I thought they would. I thought they'd be between Q1 and Q2. We'd uh, have the fact that we cannot, we can't produce because we can't get the raw materials to produce, um, which I think is still coming. However, I don't see any way between now and the end of the year, uh, just for that reason that you're saying, companies can charge more for less product, and people will pay that right now because they're sitting on about. $4.5 trillion of COVID cash that was doled out. You know, that money was shoved into the market, into the economy, and uh, people can pay the inflated prices. It hasn't really hit home yet. The true inflation, which is a tax on the poor people, um, has not been realized yet, and it will be down the road. It's just not there yet. We can walk uh, out all day long. I mean, the Fed's holding $7 trillion on its books, and they want yep. to, because the Fed was buying the debt through Wall Street, from the Treasury Department. They were creating money. That's why money has less value. All you did was create fake dollars. That's not an economy. That's why we're not moving into the Ukraine, because gas is too high. And if we really fuck up the gas supply, we're going to be paying six. That's what's going on. Wake the fuck up. Don't forget what Mark Blythe said. He goes, uh, yeah, the Fed's going to taper and try and ease this money off of their books. And put it down, but they will be, they will stop in a heartbeat. Well, watch this. They're going to taper. They're going to get rid of these, these bonds and stuff, folks. And all of these mortgages they bought, meaning they're basically going to put them on the market. They're going to sell them. Who can buy them? Number one, who can buy them? Right. Who wants them? And, and, And once you start putting 
like lots of things on the market, you get less return. Like if there's only one house for sale, it's a million dollars. If there's two houses for sale, it's $500,000. If there's a hundred houses for sale, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's whatever. I, I lost the math. $10,000. <laughs> okay. Same thing with this. Now, if you're going to do a hundred billion a year, uh, a month with $7 billion, it's still going to take five years. Yeah. So see when the Fed when the Fed sells it, people give the Fed cash. Yeah. That removes cash from the American economy, making the dollar strong price go down. Yes. They can't get that, this stuff. Charlie. And you have the hundred billion on top of what we're issuing on a monthly basis just to pay our bills. Shit. Because uh, we're still issuing new debt. That debt is at a higher rate. Which what is the ten year Treasury is like one nine right now. So if they have debt that is at one seven, they're wonking. issuing He's new wonking. debt at one nine. He's Who wants wonking. the one seven? Number guy. Wonka. <laughs> I know, I love this it. is my weird life, folks. I love it. I love beer. I love shooting guns. I love the church. I love to sing. And I love numbers. <laughs> I love numbers, too. I got all kinds of friends. I, I swear to God, I was talking to London for two fucking hours in my underpants. Yeah. About Q1, Q, QE2. You know what I mean? Like, we... We, we yields <laughs> for the Ukraine, and I'm like, this is a trip, man. But you got you know, you got to know. We're trying to give it to you regular. Now let's move real quick locally. Let's talk politics. Where's my music? Uh, politics music? Yeah, I just make do up it some. <laughs> okay, how about how about this? Really good enough local politic music. Harry Stalin. Yes. Speaking of which, Governor Whitmer, you know, the one that suspended the Constitution. Luke? Yes, sir. There was a piece in Bloomberg by the editor in chief emeritus, uh, I think it's Matthew E. Winkler. Mm. Matthew E. Winkler is writing an op ed. Basically, to tell us how great Whitmer is, she's the best, that, quote, Whitmer's first year in the governor's mansion marked the beginning of the biggest manufacturing boom since the recovery from the 2008 recession. He quotes uh, payrolls from late April 2020, saying they surged 25%. What do you make of that? Whitmer Consider the date, is the number one... Financial governor, guru in America. What's your take? Mine? Yes! <laughs> uh, well, we were, I, I did the math, we were not, uh, negative 7.4% in manufacturing in 2020. We were what, the worst state, as far as I could tell. Nationally, in manufacturing from 19, 2019 to 2020, we were zero. We were flat. And uh, we were pushed down, artificially pushed downward by shutting things down in Michigan. And then, so, yeah, we bounced back faster. Um, I ran, that was the one piece I, I never responded to. Keep it to simple, man. I'm, I'm lost. What are you saying? To get back to, we were pushed under the water. To bounce back to even, we grew. So, yeah, we, right. had, we had a bounce back. Let me do it. I went to Whitmer's, I went to Whitmer's campaign page, okay? Mm -hmm. her, her six things she did. All right, let's go like this. She saved lives, okay? Save lives. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Watch this. All you got to do is look up uh, uh, COVID death rate by state. Yeah. We're like number nine. You know who's in front of us? Who? Six states from the deep south. 
New York and New Jersey okay. than us. Okay. Ohio did better. Florida did better. Indiana did better. Pennsylvania did better. You shut it all down, and we still died. <laughs> it didn't work. So stop gaslighting me. I'm just laughing at the saved We're lives. tied with Arkansas. It's just a pretty wide open statement in general. Arkansas. They don't even got shoes in Arkansas. <laughs> they, they never closed down the Waffle House in Arkansas. <laughs> they eating grits and just masticating all over each other. <laughs> right next to each other. That sounds gross, Charlie. <laughs> I know it is. And yet, and yet they didn't gross. die any more than we did because we lied about the nursing homes. Right back to yes. what Luke's doing right now. We lied about it. Okay, here's the next one. Uh, made the largest K-12 through investment in state history without raising taxes. We got more money to schools and we didn't even raise taxes? Karen, that's a dream. Why didn't you do that? You know, Charlie, I guess I'm not smart enough to think of that. <laughs> or maybe because Joe Biden didn't send you $10 billion. <laughs> I know, but Charlie, let's, let me just take on a side note there. We're constantly talking about there's not enough money in schools. I mean, we people hear that and say, oh, wow, that's a great thing. But they're not looking at how it's being used, and they're not looking at great the point. outcomes of that investment because it, that's not working either. And let's do this. Well, once the Biden money rolls away, we burn through it. We don't have any money for the schools again. Yep. yep. You didn't fix anything. That'll be Craig's problem. Oh, by the way, just so you know, Michigan schools are in the bottom third of the United States. Yeah, not a good return you on your investment. Didn't fix there. it. Yeah. All right, here's My the next point. one. Hey, fixing the roads and repairing water infrastructure. Fixing the roads. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> You're going to make me curse, Charlie. Hell no. I Just can't. had another tire, three cars, three tires in less than a month. No. And at about five, $600 a pop, that's no joke. I no. lost one too. Karen, Karen, you only got six cars left. <laughs> <laughs> and nine furs. <laughs> this is I, I can't believe she has I the gall Luke to put that on there. I know. This I'm serious. <laughs> so she said, uh, we spent four... $0.5 billion on the roads. Remember, with her crummy gas tax idea, yeah. it didn't fly, so we borrowed a couple of Bilski. And then Biden came with a couple of Bilski. And now we're going to get some infrastructure couple of Bilski. But we're still $300 million a year short of being able to maintain these things in perpetuity. Not to mention, like the schools, not a very good return on your investment there. The roads still are garbage. Shit. All right, let's do the next one. Um, well, let me do this. No, here's the GDP numbers. Okay. Here, here's how the Michigan economy grew. This is the greatest. This is the greatest economy since 2008's collapse. In fact, it was tanking under Trump. That's what this weasel guy, by the way, his name again, Matthew E. Winkler, who I invited to come on and work the numbers. I think Luke Turn actually emailed the guy too. What a I weasel. Did. So here's the deal. You're a Democratic hack, Mr. Winkler. This was a plant. Stay the hell out of our state and let us work it out. We don't need you bullshitting us. You make you an enemy of the people. You're an enemy of the people. And I know that you fired your China reporter when you were at Bloomberg because he was writing about the corruption of the Chinese elite Ooh. and you didn't want to bring down the bottom line of what Bloomberg was making in China. Ooh. 
Then he went to the New York wow. Times and published it anyway. Because <laughs> you're a weasel. That's Stay weak. Stay out of That's my state. weak. Okay, here. Have some balls. In 2016, Trump was in office, so was Snyder. The economy was about $94 billion in Michigan. 2017, it was $95 billion. In 2018, still Trump, right? $98 billion. 2019, $99 billion. That's when Whitmer takes office. And then 2020, $92 billion. So, what you wrote is not true, sir. You know, you went to Kenyon College. I studied finance at University of Michigan. Bring it, dude. I know you, New York. I hated guys like you. Here's another one. Michigan, since COVID, right? He's measuring in late April 2020. Well, that's what I, was, that's what I keep wondering. Why that arbitrary date? Why April? Because Why that, April that's it makes when the numbers it all, look better. That's when it all bottomed out yeah. and anything that grows is okay. like you get credit. So okay. let's go to February 2020. Yeah. Since then, mm-hmm. Michigan is 41st mm. in job recovery. We've lost over 200,000 jobs since we shut everything down. Michigan is 41st in employment or 8th or 9th in unemployment. Wow. It's not happening. We're 50th. We're dead last in income growth. We're earning 10% less than we were two years ago. Plus, the Midwest has the highest inflation in the United States at almost 8%. We've lost 20% of our ability to eat. Wow. So fuck off, Winkler, you pussy. And why, praise be to God. Why do we keep comparing things? 2020 is such a weird year in 2021. And exactly. maybe this is a question for you, Luke. Why don't we com- start comparing numbers, um, be it inflation, be it, I don't know, whatever indicator you want to look at, to 2019? Is that a thing you do, Luke? Pre-pandemic? That'd yeah. be great. I'd love it. Yeah, we're not back to, federally, we're not back to the employment. We were in, in uh, uh, February of 2019. Let's do economics again, though, Luke. You and I used to argue about it. No, the Trump growth era was voodoo and it was fake. It was predicated on low interest rates and a a bleeding federal balance sheet, $1 trillion deficits, record deficits in a growth period in the history of the United States. And this inflation problem is as much Trump's as it is Biden's. For sure. Oh! Yeah. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I just strutting over here. I just walked off camera after that. Just strutting over here. Well, yeah. Goddamn right. Nominal. Yeah, nominally, I I, I'm bummed about that actually. Yeah, I know. I was hoping that someone. I'm hoping someone's gonna look through the budget. How can we spend five trillion dollars a year? It's not enough. (laughs) It don't make any sense. Well, the truth is, everybody looked at Brother Bell, Sister Bell. Like we don't have it. These are the only people actually living within their means, and all they want. Is a hug. They just want a praise and a song. Everybody else wants too much. Mm-hmm. Those are my friends and my leaders, and I look to them. And I'm glad you got to come, Byron. As a real people. And maybe, Karen, you can give Sister Bell one of your first. Charlie. What? No, no she's like, oh, hell no. I would, you know what, if somebody needed it, they, I, I don't even wear them. I put them in storage. I take them out. If somebody needed that coat they could, or needed a coat, I'd give it to them. I need it. I want to walk around like Joe Namath. 
<laughs> then come and get it, Charlie. I'd love to see you in it. Come on. Come pant- get one. And some pantyhose. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's too much. Yeah, that's good, like in the Cheech and Chong band. The reality is, is that we have more than enough. We really have more than enough. People shouldn't live like the way that they do. People, you know, we talk about food in the nursing homes. Some of the listeners are talking about food in the schools. There's more than enough money. But who has the contract? Who is the person that's providing the food friends with on the board? Who's responsible for overseeing it? I mean, all these things compromise what should actually work for the people on the receiving end. We have enough. We're just, we're constantly adding on process. There's no oversight. There's no accountability. And all we do is end up on the short end of the stick. Yeah, I, you know, that's right. I'm just, I'm scared. I always thought this, forgive me, Luke. I know you're an investment um, guru. I just always, and, and Luke understands me as a, as a money consultant to me. I'm not really looking to get rich investing. I'm just trying to hold the value of what I earned. I think the only way to make money for the, we, the regular people, is to earn it. I just don't know what these Ivy League twits are doing that's destroying the value of my work. I just want to raise my baby. I just want a beer. I just They're want to doing get- what they have to do to keep their jobs, Charlie. That's the thing. People, you know, you have to, that's why, that's why when people call me to ask me to work on a, on a campaign, I say no. So if a news entity calls me and asks my opinion, my opinion is objective. If somebody's paying you, you're going to do whatever you need to do to, you're beholden to that person. You're beholden to that entity. You're beholden to that paycheck. And that's what, and that's what happens. So I don't know. This is it's a the mess. News organization. It, it, it's a mess. I tell you, what's very clear to me is the people who should be getting it and need to be getting it the most don't get it. Right on. They just don't. Go ask the bells. Yep. They getting it? I'm still, I'm still getting right? it. I'm still getting the emails right? How, like I didn't get my uninsured. We my talked this whole time about Gilberts and all these people, right? It's all about the money coming in. Why is it going to them? Who's is it? Simple. Why is it going to them? It's supposed to be earmarked for these people, and it never is. Every story you and I cover since I've been working with you is about the poor people who the funds are supposed to be there, but they end up getting diverted, and they get nothing, and the people you know who already have the pockets are just putting more in them. And let's bring it the middle class, right? Because Luke's people are not poor, but they're not wealthy. Right. And I thought I, thought I was really working as as – the greater power told me to do to look after the elders. And now he, he getting, he getting good thing. He got Luke and a good wife. Cause he's getting kicked out. Yep. He's not healthy. How can this be? She's a Christ. Um, did, did, did red, was red out there? Red, uh, red did do some work. Did he, was he check it on the potholes for us? See if the roads were fixed. Yes. Did he file yeah. a report? He did. Do we actually have it? I, that's a great question. You don't know? No, I think we do. Oh, don't fuck with me. Can we not say poor, Charlie? You keep saying, well, there's nothing wrong with saying poor, Karen. Yeah, but I think yeah, poor you, is a state of mind. And poor, I think no, it's a, it's a state in your pocket. I poor of pennies. Econ- no, I think broke or economically compromised. Economically, I mean, I just, Wait, you go to Harvard? <laughs> what, do you work for Biden? Economically. No. <laughs> what are you, the White House press secretary? Money. No, we're not getting poor. We're getting economically challenged. Money insecure. 
money insecure. <laughs> I just don't like because people it's people don't understand it's a mentality and it's a lifestyle and people absorb it and they never think beyond that. I mean, if you're broke, you can work your way out of it. A poor mentality is, you know, it's it's more difficult to do. So I like to say people are broke. I don't like to say poor. No, I say poor. I think I like poor because broke it, sounds it, worse. It, eventually, you know, you can't get out of it. So it, but it's that's not, my point. But yeah. but but that's poor. It's, it doesn't mean you're poor spirit. Well, but Charlie, who wants to be in good spirits and sitting down and don't and not knowing where their next meal is from? I'm saying I think the mentality of being poor is something that people absorb and they and they and they just and they it becomes generational because they accept it as being normal for them as opposed to thinking of their circumstances as temporary so they don't even look at things that get them out of that situation <laughs> uh, all right forget it was, i think it's gonna i gotta think about that <laughs> that was heavy listen you you scrabble ass broke people you're not poor get off your ass and do something no, i don't mean it that way but never mind forget it go to red i'm done yeah. hey i just just rewrite the Bible. Blessed are the economically challenged in spirit. <laughs> you know what? You all. The day, it's all the same thing. <laughs> okay, <are> yeah. Terrible. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying, you know, but uh, uh, let, let's see what Red. Speaking of broke, <laughs> let's see what Red did. <laughs> What up, though, everybody? Glad you can make it tonight, regardless of the motherfucking potholes. <laughs> Real talk, though. You from Michigan, you already know we got the biggest, nastiest, deepest potholes in the world. I mean, for real. And whether you agree on politics, religion, uh, sports, finances, if you're a Michigander, you can agree we all say the same stuff when we hit one of them goddamn pot potholes hard as hell. Man, let me tell you, the other day, I hit a pothole so goddamn hard on Chalmers, it jogged the memory and made me have to use the bathroom. And the funny part is, the memory it jogged was my old man telling me, hey son, sometimes you got to leave a problem where you got it from. So since I had to use the bathroom, that's just what the hell I did. Oh, no. First I tried to find something to put in the hole, but when I couldn't, I still had to dump a load. Let's just say it turned out to be a shitty situation. Hey, fix the damn road and fill the potholes. This your boy, comedian Detroit Red. Deuces. Deuces, yeah. That certainly was deuce. All right. It certainly was a deuce. He's just red. <laughs> <laughs> I want I want Karen's comment on that. <laughs> I'm looking at her face and it's <laughs> I figured. <laughs> Poor Karen. Karen, the floor is yours. A bunch of juveniles. I think I'm lost. I'm not supposed to be here. You don't think that's a cure for potholes? <laughs> 
What's next, you guys? Look at Charlie. He was laughing hysterically. Because of your reaction. He's like, I'm not changing that time. Tim, come get me. Damn. So what do we do for an encore around here? Well, you know, to be fair about everything. Is, is anyone running a worse political campaign than the presumptive Front runner for the Republican nomination for governor, former chief of police, James E. Craig. Nope. No. Oh, he's the worst. It's awful. Like, hey, you know, hey, I I don't care who gets reelected. I mean, I care because they, they all suck. But, you know, I'm just trying to be fair. Yeah, but you'd rather have a choice between two competent. Uh, oh, my God. You know, two competent, cho competent choices, right? Okay. Like Casper and Friendly but Ghost. The numbers, the numbers are showing that uh, for the gubernatorial poll uh, that was in MERS, Michigan GOP primary voters, 37% are not sure. James Craig has 32%. Garrett Salat, Salat, Soldano has 10%. Kevin Rinke, 5%. Tudor Dixon, uh, 4%. Ryan Kelly, 4%. And uh, Charlie's guy, Perry Johnson, 3%. <laughs> Perry Johnson, you see this guy? Yes. Hey, quick Googling, but I mean, somebody put him up there. You know, he's a mix between um, Martin Short and Fire Marshal Bill. Yeah. This guy's a nut. I thoroughly and enjoy his campaign. It's creepy. I love it. It's creepy. It's so weird. It's so weird. There's a picture of him. Well, let me see. Where's it? Let's see if I can get one. Jeez, oh, Pete. Oh, there he is. I don't talk about how people oh look, but his commercial's creepy. Man. You know, the funny thing is James Craig's original guy that was running his campaign. Yeah. John Yob. Remember, yeah. I said there's a rat in, in the Yeah, I remember that. In the campaign, Jim, James. And uh got rid of him. Yeah, it was Yob. And then Yob goes to work for this guy because he's got millions. <laughs> really? And I wouldn't let this guy run a school bus. I'm oh, telling you, dude. He's got a long way to go. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't let him run my dog. You know what I mean? I wouldn't let him run. My pantyhose. Well, I worry about the guy that would hire him after the debacle at because uh, that was that was the guy when Belle Isle was going on, right? At yeah. Belle Isle, yeah. When yeah. when James Craig comes out, he's going to announce, and all of a sudden, Black Lives Matter surrounds him, and, yeah, and ushers the little guy off. He's got to run away. Okay, well, that's the news though, which is now Craig hired somebody new, right, out of Virginia. Yes, and a, a, a Youngkin's guy. Yeah, Youngkin's guy. And then a fundraising letter comes out this week, right, uh, from Craig with his signature calling the state police weak-kneed for not doing anything while the demonstrators were disrupting his his campaign announcement. But why are we talking about that now? Like, I mean, for, if, if I were in that for that campaign, I, there are things that we should be talking about going forward. That happened then. I think everybody's kind of forgotten about it, yeah. except maybe us. But I mean, it's time to start talking forward. We're getting closer and closer to the primary. I mean, because the guy's I'll, got the guy's got no ideas. If I he was sitting here, I'd say, "What's the, what's the uh, budget of Michigan?" He'd have no idea. But Karen's right. Forget that. That's done. Just ignore that. But what he's trying to do is look tough for like you know conservative donors. You know, uh, the Black Lives Matter, man. You know, it's the state police here a week, Dean, and it went. It was Whitmer who's instructing them to do it. So here's here's the play, Karen. Not only is that so stupid, and they're so vacant of any ideas, which is why thirty seven percent are like, I don't know, anybody got yeah. a dog that wants to run? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe we got to run. Why aren't you going to run? Again, I said before, you know, I consider James Craig a friend. I, I like him. I, and I think that he as a person would have made a great candidate. But when you have the wrong people and driving a campaign, creating a brand, 
um, and and be behind you in a promotional capacity, it compromises the real assets that you could have otherwise brought to this campaign. I agree, but what this does is it, it exactly tells you the executive material that James Craig is. It's exactly how he ran the police department. It was a mess. This is a mess. So now when the press says, are you really called, you're a cop, you said you're pro-cop, you're calling other cops, weak need. Mm -hmm. And you know what they say? You know what his, his guy here, Teddy Goodman? The, the, obviously the East Coast isn't talking to the Great Lakes Coast, right? His campaign's a mess. They say they question the origin of the mailer. Oh, come on. Meaning, could it be a forgery? I'm not saying that, I question the origin. Well, I got to the bottom, I, I, I texted Teddy. Okay. I didn't get an answer, but I got it, Ted. Here's your answer. Yes, that came out of your campaign. They just didn't tell you, and now you look stupid, and you can't say anything because <laughs> the chief has actually said this. He actually said it on Tucker Carlson. He actually did. So there's no way to say, we got that clip? Yes. Here, listen to the chief in his own words. We pulled a permit. Uh, we want to do this in a state park. Bell Isle, a state park. Yeah. We notified the local law enforcement agency who assured us, assured my staff, that we know about the protesters, we will be there. Guess what, Tucker? No show. And when they did show, it was, well, we don't know what to do, basically, uh, and they left. Left. And yeah. as you saw the video, it became very tense. So, you know what? We need to hold Governor Whitmer accountable for this. Um, she oversees the Michigan State Police and uh, Department of Resources that covers the island. Yeah. I know well, this is not accidental. This is not accidental. Okay, that's you, Jim, James. That's you. Dude, if he can't handle that. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. We all know now from reporting that the DNR did work, the Department of Natural Resources, Mr. Craig, you should probably know the name of it since you want to be the boss of it. And it's very important since we're the Great Lakes. Department of Natural Resources, not Department of Resources. They did work with you and they did ask you if you want security, do you have a plan? And Teddy said, we got it. Really? Okay, they shared the texts. Oh, man. So that's, it's not even true. This, like Karen said, why are you even talking about this? Move on. Get to me about the nursing home. Yeah. He said that the infrastructure wasn't a priority. What? We got the bottom five power grid. We've got bottom five water. We've got bottom five roads. It's, it's the issue. And nobody can seem to fix it. And you won't even address it. You're doing nonsense. Nonsense. It is nonsense. Karen, is it yeah. nonsense? It is, it is nonsense, Charlie, and this is the thing in all honesty. There are so many challenges out of this existing administration that you have tons of content to talk about. You have tons of opportunities to lay out your agenda, your plan, and if nothing else, if you just wanted to stoop you know, to the curb to poke holes in how things are being run now. So to talk about something that's happened in the past that you know really wasn't to your benefit to me, is not um, helpful. Christ, we just laid it out for him, didn't we? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What he should be talking about? Yeah. If it weren't for the Biden money, we'd be drowning. Yeah. Like, I. It, why it, is that so hard for him to follow that lead instead of? He, is there a little bit of uh, ego bruising of what happened down there in Belle Isle? 
Is that what he's? Is that? I, I don't it? know. All I'm like, okay. Um, Nobody cares about that. Soldano, ten percent. He got a very hardcore group of people, right? Nice yeah. guy, work hard. But you're a COVID denier. COVID's real. COVID people died. You can't deny COVID. Yeah. So you're there. Um, Rinky, you bought some commercials. Let me hear something out of you. Tudor Dixon, working hard, mm -hmm. right? Doing the the chick rubber chicken circuit. Trying to, message. Get, yeah. trying to get Trump's endorsement. She gets Trump's endorsement, then she'll rock it right up there. Yeah. But Trump ain't endorsing anybody. He not impressed either around here. Then you got this Ichabob goofball dude. <laughs> Man, that rollout of his, I won't even go into that. Perry Johnson's rollout. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, yikes. And then there's uh, other people, you know, like uh, Captain Mike. They're the real soulful people that want to want to help but uh, I mean, it's hard to if, not if, have an if the election were today who would you vote for charlie harry bell if, yeah. i mean right now it's, it's this is it you, you've got to have to decide who would you pick if you had to pick someone that's Let, in vladimir putin <laughs> he's tough <laughs> he makes moves when he sees they need to be made <laughs> okay you know the debt the debt to gdp is only 20 percent I mean, he's got, he looks good without a shirt on. <laughs> and he wouldn't have taken that shit at Belle Isle. He would annex Windsor. <laughs> well, Luke needs to be on every week. Luke's good. I, I forgot he was there. Luke, who would you, uh, so Luke, Luke, who would you vote for right now? Oh, God. I'd write in Charlie LaDuff. That's Ellie Capital D. <laughs> okay, I got it. You know, I, I'm, I, I might... I might, I might have to. Hey, hey, remember, Duggan allegedly won with a write-in candidate, so maybe you allegedly. could, too. <laughs> that was fake, man, because I didn't even get one vote. And people told me they wrote me in. And I was there when they were counting those, you know, I got to look at the signatures. I mean, Ronald McDonald got one. You know what I mean? Monica Conyers got one. <laughs> I didn't get any. Hugh Perkins got one. <laughs> I don't oh, know if you got one or not. Yeah, he Charlie. should run. Maybe you did. Maybe they just didn't tell you. Oh, uh, let's. Uh, uh, Hugh Perkins and Monica Gale are going to retire. I love mm -hmm. them. I love them dearly. Dear friends of mine, they helped me very much in my career, and I wish you the best, Hugh, selling Art Van Furniture. Because <laughs> you know he's going to golf and sell some windows. The quiet thing about Huel is Huel has helped so many people very quietly. He has made himself accessible. He's been supportive. He's been a great friend. Um, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him, but I'm sad at the same time. I wish he and Monica the best. Right on. Yeah, the viewers lose. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Oh, it's different. The landscape has changed. Yeah. All right, let's let's get out of here. How do we get out of here? What's the closing thought here? Byron, what's the thought? <laughs> you don't Byron. have one. Byron, you're... <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the... I'm still thinking I... <laughs> I'm still thinking about Harry Bell. Right on. I mean, honestly. This show's a mess, Karen. Um He's the yes. only one who has the right idea. By the, by the way, th thanks for hitting me on that bond sale. Okay, I mean, that's what I'm supposed to do, Charlie. Exactly. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a core here. It's a group. We hope you have enjoyed it. We love you. It's all about you. It's really all about your kids. And happy Easter, happy. Harry and Marsha Bell. Never quit. Give me a call, Luke. Will do.